2: Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome into GC Live Afternoon Drive. It is February 8th, 2024. And for the Gamecocks, we are getting closer. We are getting closer to spring football starting up. Baseball is right around the corner. Basketball, of course, is in the middle of their incredible run. Men's basketball team, women's team as well. Women will be in action tonight. But having said all that, like we do every single week, all year round, Thursdays are reserved to talk football. And earlier today, we had a chance to talk to nearly two dozen of the newest members of South Carolina. The transfers had a chance to meet with the media for the first time as Gamecocks will have some audio for you because South Carolina, typically they record press conferences. Today, it was more like a best way to describe it, like speed dating. You had the tables, you're going around, boom, 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 boom. It was broken into two sections of 10 people each because of the way the workout groups were. So we heard from a lot of the skill guys first. Also had a chance to talk with the quarterbacks. In addition to that, second group, linebackers. Had a chance to be able to speak with some of the uh, linemen, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, tight ends in there as well. So we'll have all that for you. Interesting tidbits from some of these players. I'll give you the overall sense of, what I took away from it all. You can go see that over on Gamecock Central as well. And we'll just continue to truck along. Having said all that, though, having said all that, for South Carolina, when I look at the Titans that are coming in here, just the overall, my first overall takeaway, you have some dudes. You have some dudes. You have some dudes who bring in not only experience, but they also have the ability to be able to create some depth if they're not If they're not the guys that are starting, they could be pushing a lot of these guys to be able to get out there onto the field. I also I also felt like from talking with these guys today, they all have that same hunger that we hear from Shane Beamer. What I mean by that is in this world of, okay, hey, you know what? Things aren't going my way. I'm going to enter the transfer portal. I'm going to go somewhere else, which obviously these guys enter the portal. But for some of these guys, they're coming from smaller schools. They could have went to a different place. They could have stayed at the school that they were at, but they wanted to come to the SEC. And from talking to a lot of them, especially when you look at that running back room in particular, which we'll have a chance to be able to listen to Rocket Sanders in just a little bit, and I'll give you an injury update on him as well. They wanted to come here, and despite the fact that they knew, they knew how loaded that running back room is, they're not afraid. They want the competition because they know it's going to make them better. And as several of them mentioned to me, which isn't going to come as a surprise, they all want to play at that next level. So having that opportunity to work with talented running backs, to be able to learn from Blackwell, who, by the way, we'll hear, again, Rocket Sanders talked about him and what he's been able to do so far in his first couple weeks as South Carolina's running backs coach. So without further ado, Let's listen to what some of the players had to say. We're going to start off with a player who many Gamecock fans are well aware of, but it was his first time speaking as a Gamecock for the second time. Gilbert Edmond, after leaving South Carolina to go play at Florida State this past season, spent the first three seasons as a Gamecock, went to Florida State last year, Play any type of cliche line you want, grass isn't greener on the other side, whatever the case may be. He spoke publicly for the first time since returning to Colombia. And I thought there was a lot of good things that he said. I thought he came across very genuine. I felt like he's very grateful, not just towards the coaching staff, but towards his teammates, who, as you'll hear in a little bit, have welcomed him with open arms and just have embraced him. And it's only been four weeks. It's only been four weeks. So having said all that, I know you guys are commenting away. I will get to some of your comments in just a little bit. Oscar Attaway Jr. had a chance to be able to meet your son today. And what an awesome, awesome individual. And uh, I like your son even more knowing that he's a Patriots fan. We started talking about that. So awesome to be able to meet your son. All right. Having said all that, let's get into some of the press conference stuff because not – you're not going to be able to find a lot of the audio. I mean, I know some radio stations are going to be running, TV stations have clips, but if you want the full player speaking, and I say full, obviously we're hopping around, like I said, it's like speed dating. Gamecock Central will have as many of those videos. I'll probably find more there than anywhere else. Uh, we also have some on the website, so head on over to Gamecock Central. We'll upload the rest of them tomorrow. But, like I said, let's listen said what Gilbert Edmund had to say today as he makes his return to Columbia. You're
3: back home, literally,
4: literally back yeah. home. Um, so, so the question is, how yeah, has it been? Yeah,
5: how's it been? we just being back, being
4: back here for a um, Yeah, I've been back here. It's been about like four weeks now. And honestly, I've just been loving it. Uh, immersing myself back with my uh, previous teammates and, and, and making new connections with the newer guys and like meeting the – uh, rekindling like relationships with the coaching staff and stuff like that has been great. It should have been easy though, to, to come back and, and ask coach. You know, but, but he seemed like he, he was
6: like,
5: "Hey,
3: you
4: you've
6: got some things you got to do, but it's yeah,
4: come on." Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I embraced everything that uh, came with it, just because I knew this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to finish where I started. And anything that came with it didn't seem like a challenge or like a like a burden on my uh me coming back it just felt like you know what I'm saying just something just had to deal with initial conversations with Shane Beamer like when you first you know trying to get back to the program? Um I think I just I reached out to um my position coach and then I think he talked to Beamer about it and then Beamer called me and then he just spoke about like you know what i'm saying the process of how everything will go and stuff like that and just where where my head at and where his head at and, and that's how about what you expected coming back. Um it's been even it's been even better. You know what I'm saying? Just uh the guys that we have on this team, just being with them the last couple of weeks, seeing the type of athletes and the type of competitors they are, it's been a joy.
2: What did you learn about yourself just within the last year, going through everything?
4: Um, one thing I learned about myself is that, you know what I'm saying, that hmm, one thing I learned is that You have to just go after what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like me coming back here, most people would like probably had too much pride to like go back to the school that they transferred from, and, like, did something like that. But me, like, knowing that this is where I want to be, knowing where I want to, end where I started at, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was just me learning that. You know what I'm saying? You can't you don't always got to be the prideful guy. You know what I'm saying? Just go after what you
3: want. How different is guilt now in 2024 as opposed to when you when you left here in the
4: first time? How different are you as a person? Um. I think I'm different being the the, the the things that I learned over the past year, you know, about my, about myself, you know what I'm saying? Just about, like, where I'm at in my journey and stuff like that. So I feel like I've definitely grew in maturity, learned a lot of things. That's
2: where I'm at. What were some of the – you mentioned you wanted to be able to finish what you started, but was there anything else that played a role as to why you wanted to come back to South Carolina?
4: Um, I mean, I mean the most obvious thing would be, like, familiarity of, like, Dealing with the guys and the coaches, you know what I'm saying. Uh, even when I left, I was still like communicate with my guys. We was in like a group chat and stuff like that. So those are some of the guys that I came up with. So, I mean, being being back with them and like you know what I'm saying, rekindling new relationships and being back with my old guys, that was probably. Uh, related I, to it. Excuse me. At what point did you realize when you were down in Florida State that, hey, maybe I was better off with South Carolina? Maybe I should go back there. I don't know. I just had a feeling. I can't say exactly.
6: There a
4: moment when you were able to text your teammates that you were coming back here and be able to celebrate and kind of share that music with them? um yeah so for some guys beamer like kind of like talked to the guys that he um that were like leaders on the team and stuff like that so he kind of reached out to them and like kind of let them know where like things were at and like the scenario and like how they felt about it because you know that's that is something you know what I'm saying that some guys might feel strongly about or, like, you know what i'm saying they might have feelings towards so he wanted to speak with them and like the, staff and like the uh, coaches and like different people just to like get their opinions on it and when he seemed like everyone he felt like everybody was like okay with it that's when he like let me know so um it was kind of like a shocker to like the rest of the team but like the leaders on the team he kind of already spoke to them of
2: yeah. other players so there you go having a chance to be able to listen to a little bit of what Gilmer Edmund had to say if you want to listen to the rest of what Gilbert said head on over to the Gamecock Central YouTube page where you can watch the entire interview okay a couple things I want to take away from this and let us know what you guys think as well uh, I think the first thing again we kind of hit on it before we went into the video but Gilbert he has this sense of just of he's letting he's letting his pride go out the window right? Like, he's coming back into the building. He understands the circumstances. He understood. I'll tell you this. Another part that we did not you're not going to see in that interview. Following the interview, following being able to meet with all the media, because he sits down, and there was probably about 10, 12 of us around him between cameras, reporters, whatever. Just we're all in front of him. After he was done, there were a couple of reporters that pulled him off to the side, wanted to be able to get some additional audio from him, be able to do a one-on-one interview with him. When he was done, the amount of, and even when he sat down, even before, shook my hand, shook Reggie Anderson's hand over at WLTX, he just went around and he was just thankful. He was thanking every media member that was there and just showing his gratitude towards them. He understands the situation. He understands what's going on as far as what's being said about him. He's not stupid, but at the same time, too, he made the effort to do the little things. And I can only imagine what that situation must have felt like, not just today, not just today, but what it must have felt like four weeks ago when he returned back into that building for the first time and everything that he's had to do in order to build that relationship back up with not just his coaches, but his teammates. And as he mentioned, it's been better than he could have even envisioned. And that doesn't surprise me with the culture, the way that Beamer has built that program. One thing that a player mentioned to me today when we were interviewing a wide receiver, Jared Brown from Coastal Carolina, he mentioned that everything that he heard about the program, as far as how they go about their business, he said, as soon as he got into the building, he's like, you can feel it. You can feel it. And I know that's one thing that Beamer even brought up. He's like, I I know from the outside looking in, some people are going to hear the whole love thing and, They're going to, you know, they're going to give us crap about it. But at the same time, too, that's something that players do care about. They want to know that they're at a place that people care about them. And, of course, it, it comes down to being able to get wins, right? I mean, this isn't youth football, and Beamer would be the first one to tell you that. But there's something to be said about that. And when you look at what South Carolina was able to do from the transfer portal standpoint, the improvements that they were able to make, yeah, they lost some talented guys. They lost a couple of key players, but at the same time, too, they were able to reload, and they are much deeper at a lot of positions because of it, because of what they were able to do through the portal. Of course, they had really good signing class, too, from a high school standpoint, had a chance to be able to see Josiah Thompson up close today. He wasn't speaking, but you're in the ops building. And we're right across from the meeting room where we typically do. It's the defensive meeting room. Typically, that's where we do the press conferences throughout the season. We're in the dining area where the players will have their meals. So right underneath us, weight room, some of the players are coming up and down. We had a chance to see Josiah. But I, I think with, again, with Gilbert being able to be back into this building, he's he's trying to just soak it all in, soak it all in. So I think it's one of those things that, What he can bring to South Carolina, statistics aside, he's going to be able to bring a perspective that's going to hopefully help out a lot of these younger players. Because look, whether you feel like, whether it be NIL, whether it be trying to go to a different place because you want more playing time, whatever the case may be, as Gilbert even said, and we didn't share this part of the interview, but as Gilbert even said today, he's like, there's been multiple players who've already come up to him. And asked them, "Hey, what was that situation like?" Kind of picking him his brain, as if they're reporters in a sense, but they're doing their due diligence because they're trying to learn because they have someone that went through the process who left South Carolina and came back. And obviously, there's players on this team that have come from different schools. Things have worked out. Right? I think it's Spencer. I think of Spencer Rattler and what he was able to achieve after leaving Oklahoma. But the point being is you have someone that has left South Carolina. They have gone out into the world. And what is it like over here? Well, you know what? I like things over at South Carolina. I want to come back. And as Gilbert Edmund mentioned, he's like, I want to finish what I started. Shane Beamer mentioned two weeks ago that he would be wearing number 55. That's the number that he was issued when he arrived at South Carolina back in 2020. He finished up. Wearing number eight at USC before going to Florida State. Now that he's back here, he wants to wear 55. And that's the number that he wore today. And he says what that number means to him, it's symbolic. What that number means to him is being able to finish what I started with the team that I started with. So I thought that was pretty powerful. Martin says, Gubber seems like a great person. He balled out in 2022 and got a chance to play at his dream school. Nothing wrong with that. Now he is coming back to finish what he started. And I think, too, and Shane talked about it. Coach Beamer talked about it. I asked Gilbert about it today. Again, if you want to see the full interview, head on over to Gamecock Central. It is uploaded there. But I think the other thing, too, that stood out to me from what Gilbert mentioned is that how he left the program. And we, we've talked about this a lot. Shane Beamer talked about it. He didn't burn a bridge when he left. Was Beamer pissed off that he left? Of course he was pissed off. He wasn't thrilled about it. But at the same time, too, he understood the circumstances. Family. He's from the state of Florida. Now, as Beamer even mentioned, was some NIL probably involved? Yeah, probably. I mean, you have to be naive not to believe it. That wasn't something that was going to be specifically asked today. Because what's the point? I mean, we, we all know. We're not going to shake down the kid. He's back here. But having said all that, I I think having gone through all of it and yet leaving the way he did, didn't burn any bridges, it allowed him to come back here. So listening to him today, obviously a kid of uh, good character, you can tell that his heart's in the right place right now and that he's been humbled by this experience. But at the same time, too, you can see why South Carolina would welcome him back. And it doesn't surprise me to hear that the players have already begun to rekindle some of those relationships that they once had with him. Talking with people inside that building over the last couple of weeks, everything that Gilbert said today, spot on, spot on. I mean, I've had text messages from some people in the building who had a chance to see that press conference from him today and they said that's exactly what's been going on that he's been working his tail off to build the trust up i'm not just the coaching staff but more importantly his teammates and players are noticing that they notice how hard he's working he's not just coming in there thinking all right hey i was here for three years already i'm back coming from florida state now they are right he's, he's he's working hard big red says Coach Beamer held Gilbert to a task about his intentions, and he came hat in hand that speaks volumes about his character. Welcome back, sir. Robert Doug Hill says, show it on the field. No doubt. No doubt, Robert. And obviously, right now, he can only do it through workouts, and those winter workouts can be a pain in the neck. I mean, a lot of the players, it's always interesting to talk with the new players, saying, hey, how's the, uh, how's the Luke Day Workouts going because he pushes those guys. He pushes those guys in the winter. All right, that was Gilbert edmund Let's switch gears. Let's talk about Brady Hunt. So, for those of you who may recall, and maybe you need a reminder, the tan- the transfer from Ball State, phenomenal tight end, phenomenal tight end. Well, leading up, leading up to players actually getting ready to enroll there was a report and I know our very own Chris Clark even reported this that there was it was looking like Brady was going to go flip and go to Texas A&M for those of you who don't know this some of you already do but the transfer portal it's still so new to so many so it's good to remind folks when it comes to the transfer portal unlike having to sign a NLI, your national letter of intent, not NIL, NLI, there is no NLI for transfer players, meaning there's real no, really no binding agreements. Now, there could be some agreements made, especially in the NIL world now, right? Um, once you sign your papers to actually enroll into the class. But aside from that, there's really nothing definitive. And we've seen this happen to South Carolina, right? Think of the situation with one of the wide receivers who was going to come to South Carolina, right? Jay McGowan from Vanderbilt. So I bring those things up because when this was all going down, it was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I asked Brady about that situation today. And obviously there's things that you you try to press as a journalist, but at the same time, too, you try to read the situation. And in this situation, we're sitting down with the player. Like I said, it's like speed dating. You're sitting down right across from him. So at least I bring up the question, right? You got to ask the A to B question. And I thought he was great as far as just trying to give you an answer. And uh, he also talked about how his ankle's going, right? Missed last season. Was a player that was up for the national tight end of the year. Award. We at least nominated for the start of the season before he got hurt. So he gave us an update on his injury. So having said that, let listen to what Brady Hunt had to say. So I want to pause that for a second. I want to pause that for a second. So Brady says. Brady says that he got caught up in a situation where he shouldn't have been. And now he's, you know, he's where his feet are. He's going to be, you know, he's at South Carolina. People are saying no audio. Okay. We'll try to replay that. Let me try to replay that for you guys. I'm try to share that with you guys again. Let's play that audio with Brady Hunt. See how that goes, and then we'll break it down. Let me know if, this, if the audio is working this time.
5: Yeah, I
6: felt like South Carolina really had the family feel I was looking for. Um, on the visit, Coach Beamer had his kids running around. Um, so I knew it was a place where I was going to be taken care of. i got to ask you, there
2: was speculation that maybe that towards the end, you weren't going to go to South Carolina. Can you speak towards that? Was there any possible flip-flopping?
6: Um, I think, you know, the transfer portal is something that um, a lot of people still don't really know how it works. I think I got caught up in a situation that I shouldn't have been in in the first place. Um, But I think God puts me where I need to be, and I'm exactly where my feet are, and I'm
2: excited to work here at South Carolina. That's where I want to pause it. And as I was mentioning before, and appreciate the heads up with the audio. I got caught up in a situation that I shouldn't have been in. Now I know there's some people that are going to dissect that, and I understand. I think bottom line is this: when you don't have the parameters in place. With the transfer portal, when it comes to players not having to sign a national letter of intent, because as you saw on National Signing Day, you saw South Carolina promote the fact that Brady Hunt was coming to South Carolina. But I think for some people, what they need to remember when it comes to the transfer portal doesn't really mean anything, even though the school's promoting it and having a conversation with not just members of South Carolina, but people throughout college football, this is something that, quite frankly, just to put it bluntly, it pisses them off because you're trying to figure out from a numbers standpoint, all right, we have this many scholarships. We're trying to figure out, all right, how many guys are going to come to our school position-wise, all that kind of stuff. And you do have players that commit to you. And this happens in high school too, right? Players commit to you. They give you a verbal commitment. Well, it's different once you go through signing day. And with the transfer players, unless they show up for that first day, for that first week in school, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of just standing there just praying that they show up. So I just bring that up because I would love to see something change with college football, college sports in general, but college football when it comes to this. I think there's a lot of gray area for multiple reasons with the transfer portal, but I think something like this in particular from just talking with people who deal with it every day, this is something that they would like to see change. So having said that, let's just continue along listening to more. To piggyback off your first question with that, you know, what what made South Carolina, like, hey, you know, there could be other opportunities out there, but why South Carolina?
4: I just knew
6: that the situation I was coming into is a situation where I feel like I can thrive. Um, the, the program's heading in a direction where I think we can um, play at a championship level, and that's important to me. I want to be a part of a team that, um, you know, has winning seasons and is playing for championships, and I believe that this is a place where that can happen. Health-wise, how are you feeling? I mean, people know what, what you're capable of doing. You're healthy. How's that been going no, I, you? F- I feel great. Um, the ankle's been getting better every day. Um, I'm, I feel as close to 100% as I have since I last played my last game. So um, it's been great ever since I've been here and just continue to keep working and keep getting better. What can people expect from you? They know that you can go out there and catch, but it seems like you're also a versatile guy that you can also block as well in the run game. Yes, sir. I, I believe I'm a, I'm a three-down tight end. I um, feel like I'm somebody who's, who's going to pop big plays in the run game and in the pass game. So I'm um, really just a guy who's going to be out there wherever they need me and uh, make plays, whether that's um, with the ball in my hand or without
2: the ball in my hand. What's it like been working with Justin Stepp? Obviously a guy that has the background of a wide receiver coach. But now shifting over there what's that been like working with him
6: it's been great um coach Seth is definitely going to develop me as a route runner which um, i need and then uh coach your our assistant tight end guy uh, he played in the league for a couple of years so he's been big for me in the run game understanding scheme and things like that so um, i think them as a one-two punch in that tight end room is going to be uh, great for us both uh, in the past game and in the run game what yeah, I mean, you look at their receptions, they second in the SEC um, behind, I think, Georgia. Which obviously, they have Brock Bowers. Um, but he's out of there now, so um, I think that, that title is up the grabs. And um, the way Coach Loggins, his pro-style offense, um, uses tight ends, I just feel like it's a good fit for for a tight end and an exciting, exciting offense to be. Great.
2: All right, a little bit of Brady Hunt right there from speaking with the media earlier today. Share our thoughts. Share your thoughts with us and let us know what you think about what Brady had to say or maybe you're just getting caught up on the show and you want to share some thoughts on what we heard from Gilbert Edmond. Uh, where's the question? Gavin asks, were those the only interviews that were done? Rocket, Hunt, and Gilbert? No. that uh, No, Gavin. There was, again, there was about 20 players that spoke with the media today. We went around, I interviewed about, I'd say, 10 players. Intern Joe was going around. Here's my favorite thing about Intern Joe. God bless Intern Joe. Intern Joe, and he already knows I said this to him, so it's not like this is something that he won't be hearing for the first time. Intern Joe, for those of you who know Intern Joe, Intern Joe's going up to the players, introducing himself as Intern Joe. We've created a monster. We've created a monster, folks, with intern Joe. But he's going up, introducing himself as intern Joe. He said, Joe, he said, you don't have to call yourself intern Joe. He's like, oh, you know, some people might remember me as intern Joe. I said, all right, have at it. So intern Joe had some videos as well. We'll have more of those videos up tomorrow. The big thing is we had probably a handful of players that I know from listening to what subscribers on GameCock Central said that they would like to hear from in particular. We had those videos up. We did that right away. There's more to come. We'll have Robbie Ashford. We'll continue just to upload these videos more and more and more. Jared Brown. Uh, but those are the three that I just you know brought up in particular. And that's no disrespect to anyone else. I mean, intern Joe, I believe he's the one that interviewed Oscar. So we'll get that video of Oscar Attaway up tomorrow. I had a chance just to speak with him. I mean, it was all the players that are going down, getting ready for their – to, to lift because what they did is, again, you had two different groups speaking. You had one that would meet with us, I think, at 9 a.m., and then there was a second one, another 10 players speaking with us at 10.30. The 9 a.m. then went down, did their workout. The guys at 10.30, before that, they were in the weight room around 9 a.m. So that's how that all worked out. But Oscar was just chilling for a little bit before he went down, and we just sat down and just off record, just talking it up. Good dude. Good dude. All right. So, that was Brady Hunt. Now, let's switch on over to the running back, Rocket Sanders. Now, Rocket provided us an update on how everything's going, form health-wise. Some of you may have recalled from the basketball game, when he was out on the court that he had a sling on. He gives us an update as far as how everything's going. And uh, things are going well. Talks about that. So here we go. Rocket Sanders. First time speaking with the media. I know he did an interview with Chris Clark, but first time speaking with the media outside of the Garnet Trust interview and how everything's going so far for him in Columbia. One thing he did mention, though, and I do want to hit on at the end, is his conversation with former Gamecock tight end Trey Knox, who he had an opportunity to play with in Arkansas. Let's take a listen to what he had to say today.
1: You know, for me, uh, rehabbing,
7: rehabbing big, you know, and um, you know, just getting used to the program, you know, um, just bonding with the guys as well. So, that's been your situation. What right now is it? Shoulder,
5: shoulder, yeah. What what, 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 what happened? What was,
7: what's the history on that? Um, You know, I hurt, hurt my shoulder back in Arkansas uh, second from last game. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, just rehabbing and getting that back. What have they told you about what they expect you to do? I want to say something they expect me to do. But, you know, um, of course, I got goals for myself, you know, but um, I feel like the team goes first. So um, I feel like the team goes, whatever the team goes is, um, and we achieve those. Um, I feel like the, you know, by the self goals wanna achieve itself. But you're obviously coming into a program that was last in the SEC in Russian. So what can you do to help provide some firepower to that? For sure, you know, um get back down to the way that I was at, you know, uh, you know, that I felt my, my best at, you know, and um just like I said, come back, recover cover it best I can on the off season right now and then get prepared for the season. So that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say too much about, you know, what, what I can do, you know what I mean? And like I said, um, if I achieve all the team goals, and my goals will come as well.
5: What are your strengths as a running back? What makes you a good running back?
7: Um, I really, I feel like, um, you know, just versatile in a way. So uh, I feel like one one good thing about me is um, I, I can catch out the backfield. So I feel like that plays a big part of the running back game nowadays in this level and the next level as well. So I feel like passing, pass game. And um, I feel like another, another thing is pass pro as well, blocking. It was it
5: been like getting to know
7: Coach Blackwell? Um, good, actually. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't know he was the coach at uh, old Miss, so I found that out. We played against them. Um, I think it was a 2022, actually, um, when I had a breakout game against them in the Colts. So um, he was there, and then Texas A&M this past he was there this past year. So he saw me blocking. You know, a lot of pass pro stuff. That's what we did, and um catch that screen screen as well and take it for a couple yards as well.
2: We had a chance to talk with him, but just being able to get to know him over the last couple of weeks, being around different coaches, going back to days at Arkansas, what can you tell people on the outside just about, like, what Blackwell is going to bring to this program?
7: Um, You know, uh, what me and him had, you know, like, talked a little bit, and um, what I see out of him is, uh, remind me of my coach at Arkansas, you know, tremendously, just because I feel like the way the way he came in there talking, you know what I mean, saying that um, this position, this running back position, is not secure. You know, what I mean, I feel like that helped us compete in a room, and um, I feel like that plays a big part. You know, and he came in um, with, you know, a lot of respect, and you know, what I mean, not caring what what happened, what happened to the program before. Um, you know, he's here now, and um, he wanted to, you know, he, he definitely emphasized what we was ranked at, well, South Carolina was ranked at, you know, um, at one point, and um, he definitely want to change that as well. Yeah.
4: Did you?
2: Did you have a chance to talk with Trey Knox at all? I didn't oh, know yeah. you had a good relationship with him. When no, sure, yeah, me about his time at South Carolina and that impact yeah, your decision at all? Definitely, um,
7: definitely uh, a person that I definitely hit up. You know, what I mean, he hit me up as well right when I got in the transfer He hit me up, but um, you know, we always had a good good bond together. You know, what I mean, because with him, uh, me and him you know, ups and downs at Arkansas. So we, we've been through a fire together, you know what I mean? And we came out, out of the fire good as well. So I feel like uh, that was definitely a big person to reach out to. So he gave me the right, you know, the right things about South Carolina and, you know, um, what's, what's the good part about South Carolina and what's so good about the program as well. So, you know, I mean, um, with me and him, we have a close bond, and um, I feel like he always gonna keep it 100. So that's one thing he did, and um, that's one reason why I choose Arkansas. Not Arkansas, but South Carolina as well.
2: All right. There you go. Rocket Sanders having a chance to meet with us today. We're going to switch things over in a minute because, and I don't know if he's still here with us, but just because he tunes in all the time, we were able to get the video uploaded. It's just not published, so it's not to public yet. So this will be the only place you'll be able to see it. It is an interview with Oscar Attaway III. Intern Joe did it, so I have not seen it yet. So God help us all. But going back to just listening to what Rocket had to say, uh, first and foremost, good to see him out of the sling, right? Making progress, as you heard, attacking rehab hard. It's going to give opportunities to other running backs, including Oscar Attaway, which we'll listen to in just a little bit. The players who are healthy. I mean, obviously with Rocket, you're going to ease back into everything. No need to rush things back. And you got some talented running backs back there. Got some very talented running backs in that room, and if anything, it's going to continue to push everyone to be the best version of themselves. I had a chance to talk with Juwan Howell, the transfer running back from SC State. We'll have his video uploaded tomorrow on Gamecock Central as well. And a lot of things that he mentioned were very similar to the things that we just heard from Rocket and from being able to talk with Oscar Attaway off camera, and maybe he mentioned some of it during his interview with intern Joe. Just this mindset of, hey, there's some talented guys in here, but I want to be surrounded by the best of the best. I want to come into the SEC. I want to play in the best conference. I want to get better because I have aspirations and dreams of playing at that next level. And being here at South Carolina, I feel like that can only help me despite the fact that, hey, you know what? There's only so many snaps that can go around in that running back position. But they all truly believe in their abilities, and they also believe in the fact that everyone in that room is bringing something a little bit different, so it's going to challenge them to bring out everything in them. And from a South Carolina perspective, as far as the team goes, that's that's a dream scenario, right? Dream scenario. I will say this before you listen to Oscar, uh, Oscar Attaway. I had a chance to be able to catch up with Lonnie Teasley. He was just walking by. He had a chance to talk with him, and one thing that he mentioned is just how much, how deep, how deep the offensive line room is in comparison to last year, and how much last year taught him as far as you know the true the true need for depth. So, I think just mentioning it, like I said before, the experience the amount of experience that South Carolina has been able to gain this offseason through the transfer portal at multiple positions. But I look at that offensive line position. And when you think of the facts, like, okay, we'll see how things play out at the quarterback position. Assuming that Lenora Sellers will be the starter. I know someone brought something up about him. Where is it? During uh, Wes's interview with Shane Beamer. Where is it? Nick Bob says, I saw Gamecock Central's article where Lenore Sellers is taking the first reps. Is that an indication that he would be the starter right now, or is it up for grabs at quarterback? So to sum it up, for those of you who didn't see the article, as Shane Beamer told Wes, told us over at Gamecock Central, Lenore will get the first reps because he has the most experience of being here. Luke Doty getting more reps with wide receiver. He'll work a little bit with quarterback, but they're focusing more on him being a wide out this season. So Lenoris, by default, is going to get that opportunity to get the first reps. From there, it's anyone's game. Now, we've talked about this before. Lenoris certainly has the leg up, and it has I wouldn't say it has nothing to do with the talent. The talent, of course, plays a big role with it, but it has more so to do with the fact, at least right now, that he has a year under his belt in this system. And if he's able to go out there and do the things that many of us believe that he can do, then yes, he will be the starter but it just comes down to right now you need some type of order when it comes to getting reps. Typically, it will go by, okay, who was the starter last year? Well, that guy's gone. Well, who was the guy that was number two or number three, whatever, and then you kind of keep going down that pecking order. That that quarterback room, empty in comparison to a year ago. Empty. It's, you know, Doty aside, it's Lenoris, it's Robbie Ashford who just came in, Bevel, who just transferred in, and then you got a true freshman and Dante Reno, who just arrived. So, by default, they're giving Lenoris the first reps. And then when I say default, let's not. Don't look at that as a as a shot or disrespect. It's just the reality of it. And that's basically what Shane said. He said, from there, whoever our starting quarterback is, whoever our number two quarterback is, and blah 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 blah, blah it's going to have to be earned. It's going to have to be earned. All right. Oscar Attaway Jr. is still with us. So we're going to pivot on over to listen to what his son had to say. And again, I have no idea how this interview went with intern Joe with him. But all jokes aside, I'm sure intern Joe did a good job. So let's listen to what Oscar Attaway III had to say to our own intern Joe earlier today. mean um, and, and talk
5: to me about some of the other guys you got. Um, So, Oscar, you've been here obviously a couple of what um, What is the transition been like in the SEC football from North Texas? Uh,
3: the transition has been amazing, man. You know, coming from an AAC school to the SEC, you know, getting burgers every morning, having the resources to be able to get back in shape. Every, I mean, get back in great health every morning because of the, the nutrition here and the treatments that I can get here, So all
5: of that. Yeah, absolutely. You're coming in with a stacked running back room. Obviously, you're coming in with Rocket as well and, and also a fresh coach. What does that mean? Um, and, and talk to me about some of the other guys you got in the, in the room as well. I mean, Jorahal
3: is a great young talent, man, coming from North Carolina State. You know, he's, he's one of those young guys that's going to listen. And, like, that's a blessing, you know what I mean, getting young guys that know how to listen and understand the game before they try to go out there and just take it by hand, you know. It's like I've taken a test five times, and this is my fifth time taking the test. I'm like, yo, listen, I've taken this test five times so I can tell you number one is a and number two is b you know what i mean he's gonna listen to me instead of like just pushing me to the side so it's cool and then you know having rocket in there you know that's a a blessing you know getting him in there so talent is there we just got to go out there and perform
5: yeah absolutely and you know talking about talking to me a little bit more about that leadership role how much does that mean to you to bring up a guy like Jawarn uh with with rocket as well it means a lot you know because both of them are younger you know what i'm saying but i can just like they can learn from me i
3: can learn from them you know Mm -hmm. raheem being from university of arkansas playing in the sec i haven't played in the sec before yeah. so i can learn a lot from him like yo what's how the speed is out there how d-line how the uh shift out there you know what the linebackers talk about out there all that type of deal. yeah you know?
5: uh, yeah absolutely what are your initial impressions of, of kind of the, the football in the sec i know it's only been a couple weeks you guys have just been working out but um walk me through just what what's the sec like in terms of like the football and the lithic
3: it's great impression is the O-line and D-line, you know what I'm saying? Like, seeing guys that can move like me at that size is outrageous, man. So even on my visit, you know, I came, I seen Nick Harbor here. I was like, oh, you got to play D-line. He was like, no, I play receiver. I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? So stuff like that just, just kind of just blew my mind in the
5: SEC you know? Yeah, that's great. Um, So obviously, Dowell Loggins, in this offense, he, he likes his running backs to pass block a lot. Um, You know, how would you describe your, your pass blocking ability and then also – to, um, you know, how much does Dowell Loggins in this offense, um, you know, move and click and stuff like that? I mean, in my
3: opinion, the running back, the most important job for a running back now and now in now's game is to pass block. Yeah. If you can't pass block, you can't play. And that's in that's on any level. That's even in middle school. If you can't pass block, you can't play. So that's the most important thing with me and the most important thing I'm trying to get down in my game today. Uh, he talks to me about a lot about the, the sprints of the running back, you know what I mean? Not just hey, listen, we're offense, and we're going to run outside zone. Hey, listen, we're offense, and we're going to run inside zone. Hey, listen, you're a running back, and your best run is inside zone, so guess what we're going to do? We're going to run inside zone. Yeah. So like, that's the one of the things that me and D-Lo about a lot.
5: Absolutely. And I did want to ask you, obviously, you're protecting the quarterback. What? Uh, there's a couple different quarterbacks in the room, but Lenore Sellers just being the guy talked about a, a lot. What are your initial impressions of him? He's got yeah,
3: to become a leader. Once he's become a leader, he's going you know, to handle
5: everything. Yeah, sir. Absolutely. Um, and then my last question for Oscar, how would you best describe your skill set in this offense? Uh, running back is going to get first downs
3: and touchdowns for his team. You know, I just want to, like, bring as much excitement and much enthusiasm to my team. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fourth and one. And we got to go get that fourth and one. Coach, give me the ball. I'm trying to go get that fourth and one.
2: All right. Intern Joe holding it down with Oscar Attaway the third. apologize for the issues with the audio at the beginning. Looks like we got that fixed, though. Not too long after we started playing there. Yeah, uh, Travis says, well-spoken young man. Now, I was very impressed. Good personality, too. I know you had a chance to be able to listen to that interview, but even when the cameras were off, just having a chance just to talk to him. Very laid-back individual. I think that's the way I'd put it. Laid-back, but from my experience, whether it be covering college football for the last decade or being a college football player myself, usually those are the guys that – work the hardest. They're laid back. They, they know how to enjoy themselves, but at the same time, too, when it's time to work, they work. And certainly from watching the film on Oscar and what he was able to do at North Texas and from talking to individuals that had either game plan against them, some coaches that I'm familiar with coaching that conference, they speak very highly of them and the challenges that presented their defenses when they had to go up against them. Greg mentions, he's like, give me the ball. Go Cox. Craig says he's swole. He's swole. And as you heard, and Oscar Attaway Jr. says, first downs and touchdowns. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Now, very excited to see what your son's able to do. And again, because of some of the injuries, and it's not just Rocket Sanders. I mean, remember, folks, go back to last season, Juju McDowell with that collarbone. Breaking his collarbone, Juju won't be back for the spring. At least he's not going to be 100%. If, God forbid, he's somehow in a helmet, we don't know exactly what his status will be for the spring. I mean, you, would just make, you can make assumptions here that he won't be suited up at all. But point being is it's going to allow players like Oscar to really get more opportunities in the spring, right? I mean, there's talented running backs in that room, but being able to get the first impression, right? Make a great first impression. You're going to have an opportunity. He'll have an opportunity to do just that. Big Red says, I love how Coach Beamer can look in what some would call smaller schools and find those diamonds in the rough. Yeah, look, when you look back, and I get it, when you look at from a transfer portal standpoint last season, all right, maybe not one of their their best overall in terms of finding someone that could really um, blow, you, blow your socks away, but they did find some good talent. They did find some good talent. You look at what Mario Anderson was able to do last year. You look at, I know some people I don't think truly appreciated what Nick Gargiulo was able to do just because of how banged up the offensive line was. He was asked to do more than what he probably should have been doing, especially with that busted hand in in playing center still. But he did some good things coming from Yale. You look back to the previous year look at some of the players that South Carolina was able to find via the transfer portal from smaller schools, whether it be a Nate Atkins, who now is with the Denver Broncos. Uh, Greg mentions Juice Wells. I know people don't, you know, they're over the Juice Wells era, but Greg, you're right. I mean, what Juice was able to do, especially that first year when he was here before dealing with the injuries and everything else that took place last season, he came from JMU before JMU moved up to the Sun Belt when they were still from the FCS ranks. I look at a guy like Carlin Patel from a division, another division two guy that South Carolina has had success uh, being able to develop. And he's playing in the Canadian football league. He just signed with one of the CFL teams. So I say that to say that, look, when you look at this Gamecock team and what they've been able to do from the portal this year, obviously there's some players that they've been able to sign from smaller schools, but at the same time too, they've also brought in a lot of experience Guys that have experience, whether it be at smaller schools, but also experience in at Power Five schools as well, and what they've been able to do. Uh, being able to talk to guys like, you know, DeAndre Jules. I mean, just talking to some of these guys today, they bring more to the table than just talent. They bring experience, they bring leadership. I remember just talking with Jared Brown today, transferred from Coastal Carolina. Jalen Brooks, as Craig mentions, can't forget Jalen Brooks. Phenomenal story right there. But being able to talk with Jared today, I said, how do you walk that that line knowing that you're walking into a wide receiver from outside of Luke Doty, Peyton Magnum? But there's not a lot of experience in that room. Not a lot of experience. A lot of younger players outside of the players that are coming in via the transfer portal. So... I asked him, I said, how do you walk that line? How do you walk that line of being a leader while also at the same time, too, you're coming in and you're trying to walk on eggshells a little bit? He says, it's tough. We heard that from Nick Gargiulo last year, and Gargiulo quickly became one of the leaders in South Carolina's locker room, not just on the offensive line, but he's a natural leader, right? You don't become the only captain at Yale, because Yale does one captain each year. You don't become the only captain at Yale, By accident. So I say that because. Listening to Jared Brown today. You can talk about the other wide receivers as well. But specifically Jared. He has more experience. And I feel like once he gets caught up to speed. As far as okay. This is how things go down here. And then they mentioned a lot with Luke Doty. And another person that mentioned. Speaking about Luke Doty. Another person that talked about Luke Doty today. Was um, Robbie Ashford. Robbie was blown away at the ability of what he's been able to do in terms of flashing his hands. So that was impressive. The mentions, you know, wasn't Brooks a must-champ guy? He was a must-champ guy, but if you remember, if you remember, Brooks was away from the team for a period of time, nearly a season. And Shane Beamer welcomed him back with open arms. I'm not going to get into the details of all that because, you know, the bottom line, it was a personal matter. But the bottom line was they didn't have to do that, and they did. So, you know, I'm not trying to take any credit away from Muschamp because Muschamp was able to identify some talented guys from the portal as well. Certainly, it wasn't the portal that we know it to be now. But um, when I when I mentioned Jalen Brooks, that's, that's part of it as far as South Carolina saying, hey, come on back. Um, and he obviously played a big role, not just as a wide receiver, but on special teams as well. And as Brooke mentioned a year ago, he had more meetings at the NFL combine with special teams coordinators than he did with either wide receivers coaches or offensive coordinators, which just goes to show how important special teams is at South Carolina, not just during the limbo era, but of course now heading into this new era with Joe D. Camillas. And of course, as we know, it all starts with Shane Beamer. Got a question about Auburn. See, I don't. We don't. usually talk about basketball, but I'll give you this. You know, Mike, do you think we could beat Auburn? Auburn's probably, in my in my opinion, the best team in the conference. It's going to be tough to go to Auburn and beat them. But having said that, the South Carolina team continues to find ways. So we'll see. We'll see what they're able to do this weekend against Vanderbilt, a team that they should beat, right on paper. Got to take care of business before heading out to Auburn next week. Greg says, sup, Yuva, sup, Adaway Jr., USC rising up. Greg says, yeah, for Joiner, to these group of guys, much better suited to run this season. Talking about the running back group. Cocky Joe says, going to be totally different from last season. No disrespect meant to anyone. Going to be great. We're talking about... Some of those running backs in that room. Yeah, talented running backs, talented running backs. And not to be negative or be the wet blanket in the room. Obviously, we all know this. One of the challenging parts now, especially with this new rule, where you could just transfer year after year after year now, which, you know, that's a topic for another day, is going to be able to make sure that you keep these players year after year, right? It's a challenge because you look at what South Carolina has been able to bring in on top of the players that they've been able to recruit. You know, I think about DJ Braswell, and I've said this before, I'm very excited to see what DJ Braswell can do this season. I thought he did some good things last year with his speed, did some good things in the um, as a pass blocker, his pass pro. But I also think of someone with, from a development standpoint like Matthew Fuller. I mean, Matthew Fuller. To me, you let him get bigger, faster, stronger—every cliche you could think of under the sun. This year, you redshirt him, and you're able to have him learn the system a little bit more. But the question now becomes making sure a player—and this isn't to say Matthew's thinking—you know, okay, hey, if things don't go a certain way, I'm, but this is just part of it. And in the past, we would talk about, hey, that's a good—that's a good problem to have. I'm not saying it's not a good problem to have but it's just something else you got to think about as a coach, trying to make sure you keep everyone happy in those rooms. What else we got in here? Kyle uh, Canard's interview. We'll have that one up tomorrow. I don't think that's been ingested yet, or else I would play it for you. I didn't do that interview, so I don't have that one. Greg mentioned O-line is beefed up, too. Yeah, they have some size to them. They have some size. And speaking about size, one of the interviews I did, not uploaded yet, we'll have that up tomorrow morning, is Torricelli Simpkins the third. Look at all these thirds that we're having. You know, we have Oscar Attaway the third, Torricelli Simpkins the third. A lot of thirds here. But having said all that, listening to what Torricelli had to say today, I really, really like some of the things that that he talked about really like some of the things he talked about. He's a guy that was a preseason All-American at North Carolina Central. All-conference guy. Plenty of experience. An FCS preseason All-American at that. From talking to him, I said, all right, you have a lot of experience playing center. What is the what's the plan when they sat down with you and said, Hey, Torricelli, we want you to come to South Carolina. This is how we envision you playing for us. Obviously they're looking at him to play center, but they're also cross training him to play guard. He has experience of playing guard. He mentioned last year to me that there were two games in particular because of the matchup and what he's able to do from a run blocking standpoint, that they just liked the idea of putting him at guard a little better in two of those games, and they did. So I bring that up to say, number one, if he's a guy that can come in here and he can be your starting center, and that's no disrespect to Vershawn Lee or whoever else is going to be competing at that center position. But if Torricelli can come in here and be your starting center, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because like I said, he has a lot of experience. He has a lot of experience. And he's a guy that even before even before this season there were conversations about hey this is a guy that could be playing at the next level one day and i'm not talking next level meaning fcs to fbs playing in the sec i'm talking fcs going on up to playing in the nfl so if he's able to come in here and do the things that south carolina believes that he's capable of doing number one you have your starting center taken care of but that's also going to allow you to be able to have some more competition at those guard positions. Now, if you go back to last year and we've talked about this before, Nick, our when he arrived here, it looked like he was going to play center, but based on some of the needs and based on his strengths, they felt like he would have been better suited playing a different position because of what South Carolina needed. Well, what happened? You know, he's at guard. Well, what happened is because, you know, left tackle goes down the spring game, right tackle goes down week one. And after that, it was truly musical cheers for South Carolina. Knock on wood that the offensive line stays healthy. But point being is if you're able to get a guy that can just make an impact at a certain position and you feel comfortable with your two guards, keep them there at center. So wait and see. But I really enjoy talking with him. He's someone, again, another guy. I mean, it, I know I sound like a broken record here. But if. You had a chance to listen to what these players were saying today, and some of them we posted on social media, on our YouTube page. It's amazing how much they said the same thing over and over and over, which is like, yeah, I know it's tough. It's the SEC. That's why I came here. Yeah, I know that they brought in some guys from the transfer portal on top of the talented players that they already have here at this position, XYZ. That's the reason I came here, because I want to compete. I didn't want to be promised anything. Robbie Ashford talked about that. He's like, I didn't want to be guaranteed that I was going to be the starting quarterback. He's like, I want to earn it. I want to earn it. A couple of other things that, going back to Robbie Ashford real quick, a couple things that he mentioned that stood out to me. And if you want to take a deeper look at some of the takeaways from today, head on over to Gamecock Central. If you're not a subscriber, sign up today. Just $1 for the first month. But I mentioned this in our takeaways on Gamecock Central. That Robbie Ashford, in addition to not wanting anything guaranteed to him, how impressed he's been with Dow Loggins. He pointed out that it's hard not to be excited to work with him after seeing the thing Spencer Rattler did this past season and did this past week at the Senior Bowl. I wrote a story today, quick slants, with Yuva we put out every Thursday on Gamecock Central and I had a conversation with one of the NFL scouts that was at the Senior Bowl last week I included some quotes this past week after the performance that Rattler had but I added another one in there that I didn't include in that original story and to sum it up for you basically what the scout told me is not only is Spencer raising his draft stock because of the way he's performing, but he's also helping South Carolina out, in particularly Dow Loggins because it's evident to these scouts that he's had an opportunity to work with an NFL offensive coordinator. And as we heard many times from Dow last year, it's not just what goes on on the field. It's off the field, how you handle yourself in front of the media, how you handle yourself as a leader behind the scenes, all those little things. And Dow certainly... Helped him out a lot. And that's not to say that Spencer doesn't have the ability or wasn't capable of doing it. It's just like the competition that we're talking about as far as some of these players are concerned with those running back room, run, right? The battles. Iron sharpens iron. You know, you can have, uh, as my old high school coach would say, you know, you can have the tools, but do you have the toolbox? And I feel like with Rattler, he had the tools. And it's not saying that he was, you know, didn't have the toolbox, but he had a nicer toolbox this year having a chance to work with Dow. What do we got here before we wrap things up? Big Red. Are some of our more successful programs benefiting our football team as it pertains to recruiting? According to Shane Beamer, it's being brought up when he was going out on visits, trying to think. I think this might be the last week that they can hit the road and then there's a dead period. So I say that because it's it's being brought up. It's being brought up of what's going on. I think obviously at the end of the day, you gotta take care of business as a football program, but as I've always said before, it can't hurt. Like I said before, with a from a recruiting standpoint, because I think some people get a little ahead of themselves when they see, okay, hey, South Carolina's ranked fifteen. Hey, South Carolina's twenty and three. Man, this is gonna help out recruiting a lot. It can't hurt. To me, more than anything, it's all about consistency, right? When you have that ranking, oh, man, the ranking is going to really help. Is it, though? Is it? You go back to the 15 and 16 team. You go back to the 16, 17 season. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be realistic about this. Those things, it's not that they don't matter. It's more so about can you sustain that level of success if you can then of course but if you're only in the rankings for a couple weeks does that really make that much of a difference again can't hurt but i don't think i'm one of those people that i don't uh i don't fully agree that as soon as you make a rank man you know this is going to help out recruiting a lot just can't hurt it can't hurt let's see Got a question here. Have there been any changes to the strength and conditioning approach for the offensive line? That would be that's a good question. It's a good question. I'm going I'll tell you what. I'll look into that. That'll be my homework assignment for the next week. I know that they're getting after it like they always do. But I would not be surprised if there's been some type of tweaks to how South Carolina is approaching a few things this off season. And We mentioned this before with the offensive line, and I know some people don't want to hear it, but a lot of the injuries that took place last year, especially with the offensive line, a lot of it was just freak accidents. It wasn't like there was one thing that was happening over and over and over again. I've shared this story before. I go back to my freshman year of college. I mean, there was probably about six players. I'm not even exaggerating. Six players that had shoulder surgeries that offseason. And when we went back and... When I say we, when they went back, the coaching staff and they went by, okay, what what was not working right? Well, a lot of the stuff that we were doing from a shoulder standpoint, it was outdated. And that was causing a lot of the injuries to our players. So, you know, you look at that, and that's easy to say, all right, well, we got to eliminate that. Here, not every injury, it wasn't like it was all soft tissue injuries. It was some of it was just freak injuries. It was freak injuries. Lynn asks, good to have Lynn on. There are many reasons why players have to start out at the FCS schools beyond skill. There are many FCS players in the pros. No question, Lynn. Even D2. Shout out to our D2 guys. Yeah, there's multiple reasons. I mean, sometimes it comes down to whether it be a player, maybe not as developed from a skill standpoint, but it goes much further. Sometimes a player does have the skill. He might just not have the size. Uh, he might not necessarily have the grades, right? So maybe from a scholarship standpoint, maybe they're not getting the same amount of money that they need, depending on certain things, certain qualifications. Um, on top of that, maybe their high school coach really didn't vouch for them that much. Maybe they were at a school where they just didn't have the same type of way to promote themselves in comparison to some other schools out there. So there's multiple reasons, but at the end of the day, If you're talented enough, especially now with with the portal and the ability to watch film, a lot of the film is shared through this service called Huddle, H-U-D-L. And it's so much easier now to share stuff. I mean, I remember back in the day with my dad coaching for as long as he's coached, over four four decades, having to go out there and swap uh, VHSs to be able to watch film on other players. So I say that. Because we've come a long, long way In multiple ways Just in life, but as far as being able To recruit, it has certainly Shrunk the world And has made the country that much Smaller for coaches when it comes To recruiting as they're able to see everyone Now Let's see What else we got here Martin says, Mike, do you think they need to go back to classic strength training and less of this new school stuff? It's funny you bring that up, Martin. So I was... I went out to dinner the other night with one of South Carolina's... It was part of during the Muschamp era. Not Dillman, but he was part of that staff. One of the old strength and conditioning coaches for South Carolina. And I asked them... Because I, I, I think it's fascinating of how much things have changed Appliability is so important now. I mean, if you talked about this maybe 15 years ago, even 20 years ago, it's more just strength training. Strength training, uh, speed training is much, much more uh, a focus now than ever before. You know, focusing more on your core. So I asked him. I asked him. I said, you know, what is that trend right now? And he thought he still thinks strength is a big part of it. No question about it. I think sometimes. And I'm not saying this about Luke Day because Luke does a good job. I know some people don't want to hear that. He does a good job. He's got a certain way that he goes about things just like any strength and conditioning coach goes about um, their resume. But I bring that up because I think it it truly comes down to strength and conditioning coaches continuing to adapt to the new science of finding out, okay, what is the best way to go about, you know, tweaking and sculpting the body and being able to get the most out of it from an athletic standpoint, not just from a bodybuilding standpoint. I mean, you look at the way players used to lift, again, 15, 20 years ago, it is completely different now. But I also think that's a representation of not just the education side of it. But I also think it's because of the way the game is played. I mean, you look at it, the game's not played between the tackles the same way like it used to be. You don't see, there's always outliers, but you don't see teams running the the football 40, 50 times a game. Again, there's outliers. There's always going to be that team that, you know, is different from the rest of the statistics. But a lot of it is more spreaded out, out in space. And that's why you've seen not just... Schematically, things have changed, right? I mean, look at how the tight end positions use. We we heard from Brady Hunt. Brady Hunt, he's excited to work with Justin Stepp because of what he can help him do from a route running standpoint. You think back to, I don't know, 20 years ago, the majority of tight ends, the majority of them, I know Jared Cook was a guy that could go out and catch passes. I get that. But the majority of them were you're old school. Okay. Maybe I'll go out, catch a couple passes, but more than anything, I'm going to be a run blocker. Defenses have switched over to play 4 2 5 instead of doing, you know, a 4 3 look simply because they need that hybrid player out there to be able to cover the slot or to be able to help out on a tight end who has the ability, the speed as a wide receiver, but obviously has the size of a tight end in, you know, I say of a tight end, they're bigger than wide receivers. So it's interesting. It's certainly interesting as things continue just to evolve. We're talking about the sport and how the strength, the conditioning side of it continues to evolve. Having said all that, some ads before we wrap things up shortly, appreciate everyone that tuned in today. Always fun talking with you guys on a Thursday. Today's show Is brought to you by a good friend, Clint Hammond. You see his name above my head and above all our heads over here at Gamecock Central when we do any of these GC Live shows. If you're in the process of purchasing a home or you're looking for the lowest rate on the market, do the same thing our very own Wes Mitchell did, as well as former Gamecock quarterback and captain Perry Orth. That is give Clint a call. You can make that process much easier for you. Over at the Movement Mortgage, that number is 803 771 698 Three, three. And today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax season is right around the corner. And if you're like me, you're trying to get everything in order so you can overcome tax anxiety this tax season. Give them a call, 803-462-5576, and let them know that Gamecock Central sent you. All right, before we wrap up. Greg, appreciate it. Oscar Attaway, Jr., very nice to talk with you. Great talking with your son today. Appreciate it, Greg. Big Red says depth will definitely help our conditioning. Less reps keeps players more healthy. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. And I know I know people. I know the majority of people understand that when it comes to okay, Spencer Rattler. You had one of the best wide receivers in the country last year. You had one of the better quarterbacks in the country with Spencer Rattler. You know, why weren't they able to figure things out? Oh, well, you had so many injuries on the offensive line. You had so many injuries on the offensive line. What do you expect? We saw how evident it was week 1 against North Carolina. 9 sacks. 9 sacks. Like I mean, what do you expect? The injuries after injuries, it piled up, it piled up. But having said all that, that's one of the reasons why they attacked the portal the way they did. Obviously, as we know, over the last couple of years, since Shane Beamer has got here, we've talked about it, planting seeds, right? Whether it be Josiah Thompson, whether it be Cam Pringle, whether it be Blake Franks, keep going down the list. And that's just on the offensive side of the ball. Never mind the defensive side. We're talking about the defensive line, but just the trenches in general. How much of an emphasis this coaching staff, starting with Shane Beamer, has placed on building up and beefing up both sides of the line of scrimmage? Now, obviously, the transfer portal helps when you're able to go out there and bring in guys you don't have to wait as long, right? You don't have to worry about, okay, I'm going to recruit a guy for two years and then he'll come in. You can be able to go out there and get some experience, guys to not only compete for starting spots, but to push other players and make them feel uncomfortable, right? We talk about this all the time with Lenora sellers, but that's the case with any position at this time of the year. You don't want players to feel comfortable. And when I say don't feel comfortable, I'm not talking about walking through the building and oh my goodness, I don't feel comfortable here. No, I'm talking about out there on the field. No one should feel like their job is just given to them, right? competing for it, make them feel uncomfortable. Competition can make players feel uncomfortable. It also exposes players who are not ready for the spotlight, and it also allows players to flourish when those lights are on. So we will see. William says, great show, Mike. Appreciate it. Lynn mentions Oscar. Excited to see your son on the field. Oscar says, see you Tuesday. We he will talk to you on GC live talking Tuesday. Intern Joe again, intern Joe today, just walking around. I'm pretty sure he went up to your son and introduced himself as intern Joe. We've created a freaking monster intern. Joe Just going around only intern I've ever known that has his own merchandise as intern Joe online. Unbelievable. Len, appreciate you tuning in Todd. Good to have you on. Appreciate everyone that tuned in. All right, that's going to do it here today. Appreciate everyone that tuned in. If you missed any of our show, plenty of interviews with the newest members of South Carolina via the transfer portal. Head on over to the Gamecock Central YouTube page where you can find this show as well as those interviews. We'll have some more coming up tomorrow for you. In addition to that, if you're a podcast listener, head on over to the Gamecock Central Podcast Network where you can also catch all these shows They're all free, plus the 107.5 The Game, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, plus the Garnet Trust Hour. You can find it all there. And, of course, head on over to GamecockCentral.com, your home for everything Gamecock Athletics. Enjoy the women's basketball game tonight. Enjoy the men's basketball game this weekend. And by next week, we'll have more football to talk about. Baseball season around the corner as well. Appreciate everyone tuned in. We'll see you on Tuesday.